good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. In fact, whenever or wherever you're listening to this episode of the NI Golf Channel podcast, myself and Emma Self are back to chew over some of the latest golf-related news. And on today's show, we're reflecting on another big step forward for Leona Maguire on the LPGA. Yep, we are indeed. We're also going to have a wee look at how Europe's Ryder Cup and Solheim Cup teams are gearing up. Um, and if you at home were picking wild cards now, I wonder who you would select. You will hear from myself and Pinky. And we will hear from Damien Looney, who's recently been appointed as the new golf professional at Lockhart Resort. Now, before we get stuck into any of that, a wee bit of a quick roundup some of the things that we've missed since we were away. Now, obviously, since we were last on, we've had a couple of majors. So yep. the opening major of the year, the ANA Inspiration, was won by Patty, and I'm going to try this, Kavatanakit. Very good. Uh, Very yeah, good. thank you. The 21-year-old from Thailand held off Lydia Ko, who fired a quite brilliant 62 to finish second. Now, in the tipping stakes, Emma, I yes. nearly got it right. Lydia Cole nearly came up with the goods. I was a couple of weeks right. I knew she was you did. well. You did. You know what? It, credit where it's due. You were you were spot on with that. You were spot on. And to be fair, credit where it's due. I predicted that my quarters would end up in disaster the way <laughs> the way she did, and that her sister would do much better. But at least she made the cut because that was not looking likely at one point either. To be perfectly honest, it just shows you. I did fancy. I, I thought that she was. I think the word they're using is trending. Mm -hmm. It was trending, but she's been playing so solidly, actually, for a good while. It was just a matter of her putting it together. She's still so yeah. young, but she's got so much experience. But that's the, yeah, exactly that. You know, the, I think there have been some comparisons in general in the media about, you know, the compacts of both of them. And you do forget, you know, because she's been around for such a long time, in particular, Lydia, she, and she's been, you know, winning prolifically for years. And she's only 23, isn't it? And that's yeah. like... That's actually ridiculous. That's a whole a whole career she's already had that many people would be happy and retire happy with that, but she's achieved so far. So the fact that she's she's, you know, got everything in line and it's all finely tuned, all, you know, at the same point, I think there's gonna be a lot more a lot more to come from her, I would say which will be exciting to watch because she's always great to watch. And, and of course, there was the Masters, the, the other major that has happened since we were uh, last speaking, um, won by Hideki Matsuyama, who became Japan's first men's major champion. Um, and that win was built on a superb third round 65, where he was cool as a cucumber. Did you not think it was a wee bit like um, when Shane Laurie did the same thing at the Open Championship on the Saturday at Royal Portrush? That's that's a very good, very good comparison. Absolutely. He just and, just took took grabbed hold of it. He saw his chance. Yep. The weather had improved. The course was a bit soft. And he just went, right, that's mine. Whack. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And ev everything everything he did in that third round worked, you know, absolutely perfectly. He he pulled off every every shot that he wanted. And you know, Justin Rose, bless him. Um from saying, you know, you know, his his obviously first round was incredible. And him saying, you know, this uh this event, this major is not won in the first round, but you can lose it in the first round. And it's so true at Augusta, more so than almost anywhere, isn't it? And and the people that that hadn't blown it, unlike most of my bets and um, yours as well, <laughs> um, by the end of round one, 
and Hideki was just quietly, you know, doing his own thing, round one, doing his own thing, round two, and as you say, pounced absolutely, seized, seized it by the jugular as much as you can round there yeah. um, on Saturday. Um, and then his final round, a one over 73, um, even that one shot advantage over um, Will Zalatoris, who was a what a what a star he was the week. I mean, he was. But did you not think? I was just thinking about it today. Um, Hideki shot a seventy three, but you felt he was in control for most of it. There was more in the tank had he needed to. So he did. He just he, he was he was quite calm, and he looked like he knew. Right, I've got this advantage. And okay, he made a few mistakes coming in. It looked, you know, at round fifteen, sixteen that. Suddenly, things were going to get tight. It was on the show, like tightening up, but he still mm-hmm. felt he just had a wee bit more in the tank. It was a very, very controlled final round. But you're right, Will Zalatoris was uh, a, 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 a remarkable performance from nowhere. Mm-hmm. Now, who is he? Who is Will Zalatoris? Well, depending on what you believe on social media, he's a happy Gilmore's caddy. <laughs> I prefer to think of him as some sort of relation between Owen Wilson, which he's been touted as, and, and Charles Harl III. I think he's some sort of love child of them two, to be perfectly honest. What did you think of the setup of Augusta? I, I would say that we probably lost a few viewers after Amen Corner when the leaders had gone through there because that's where you're waiting for the mistakes to come on Sunday in particular with the extra adrenaline, with the, the way the pins are all, you know, the traditional Sunday pins, all, all that all that kind of stuff you know that comes into that where you know the tournament is won or lost around amen corner and then it just wasn't and i i was struggling i have to say a little bit to stay awake at that point but i'm so pleased they did because you sort of forget that particular 15 and 16 are you know there are no easy holes there we know there aren't but but the drama that can come at 15 and 16 as soon as there's a wee bit of water around Augusta you're screwed basically potentially and flip me did that deliver and I began to get a wee bit excited I have to say for wee Johnny Ram my wee buddy who was <laughs> he did come through for you you eat me a bet did the business for you he did I mean, he didn't. He didn't cover everyone else that I lost on, but uh, but yeah, you know, six under on the Sunday. Yeah, that that's what it, you want. Yeah, it feels maybe maybe that was not his week, but I just he's he's gonna win there. He surely he that that'll be his major to have. Surely, I mean, I'll not bet on him, and then it'll happen for him. <laughs> I'll not bench him anymore. Sure. So. Anyway, another way he's quiet year for Ireland's professionals, and although Shane did okay. At, mm-hmm. at Augusta, he started to show a bit of signs again. Um, Leona Maguire's performance has been really the standout for all of Ireland's golf professionals. She's just been pretty mm-hmm. superb. Um, she finished second, obviously, recently at the Lot Championship in Hawaii behind Lydia Cole, which is uh, her best performance ever. And that follows up a sixth at the LP Drive-On Championship. She's now up to 118th in the world, which still seems a bit high. Uh, what what the question we're asking here is, is she now getting to a stage where the win is around the corner? Is Leonie Maguire ready for a win? I I would say yes. I would say, you know, those are she's she's obviously you know it's it's not been many events this season so far. So right. to have fifty percent of your events with top tens, mm-hmm. you would take that. Mm-hmm. any any day of the year and um, you know 28th being your lowest so far right. this year yeah and, and that was at a major that was at a major 
exactly that so you know and and also if you put it into a wee bit of context you know stephanie i think did she stephanie meadow i think finished maybe 57 58 something like that in the loss but you know we've been obviously keeping an eye close eye on the pair of them and they've sort of been you know very very close to call in lots of ways and then it's like leona's suddenly maybe made that she's no. just made some sort of yeah. extra transition and everything was wired in at the same time and i think um I think particularly, you know, her irons and her putting on the first three rounds were fantastic. And then it was like on the Sunday when all the pressure was on and then the driving suddenly clicked as well. Like there was some of the, you know, the, the commentary team even I thought sounded yeah. quite... She's put, she's, put on, she's put on, she's worked really hard in the off-season, she's put on some distance. So that's, uh, that's made a big difference. But Leona's career sort of been like that, just sort of, she goes up and then she takes a while to find her feet at the next, at that level. And then when she finds that level and gets gets what she needs to do, she'll go on a run. Climb you know, again. So she'll climb again. So um how she you know, has she taken that year, eighteen months now to really settle in? It might be putting too much pressure on her, but um you know, it, she just looks so comfortable to be in in, in, yeah. in in the lead and spoke so well and not not in the lead, sorry, to be in fighting with, amongst the lead. So it's just like clearly, said, it's, winning clearly isn't something that's just afraid to do it. No, exactly. And I think, like you say, you know, she she's getting used to everything. It's it's even, you know, when you're when you're playing on tour like that, it's not just your game, is it? Like you're saying, she's speaking well after her runs. Even being in contention and having more focus from the media and all these extra bits and pieces, the fact that you're then teeing off later in the day on the Sunday you know it's so much it's so much different stuff going on so like you say she's you know getting the the more often she's getting herself you know into those kind of positions and getting more interest and because I mean we, we've not time to list it here but her amateur career was ridiculous I mean it's exemplary and particularly you know all the things in the states that she completely blitzed in her amateur career that they list off so rapidly all the things with all the letters that I can never remember you know, ACC she was work number one for a record a record number of record weeks number, exactly that so the pedigree is absolutely there and like you say it's just it's making the transitions um I think that's that's very 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 good analysis of it and you know no pressure on her from uh, from the entire you know nation of of north and south of ireland as well yeah. willing every time she <laughs> she, well that, that is actually a good point because um she, she like let's be honest she is one of ireland's most recognized sports stars she mm -hmm. has been in the spotlight since she was a child um she seems to have dealt reasonably well with that sort of pressure um and you know, maybe the fact that she's she's out in the states, she's got a wee bit, sort of, it, it, she's got a wee bit of a buffer. But mm -hmm. um, I think, as we have said before, the the day that Leona McGuire, or Stephanie, but Leona in particular, wins, um, on the LPGA and makes that breakthrough, will be sig a hugely significant moment for for ladies golfing for golf in Ireland. That that's that's true. Like you can't you can't deny that. So, um, the sooner the better. No, and I think last time we were talking in the previous podcast, you know, we were saying oh, what's great and she's, you know, she's heading, she's making these strides. I don't think either of us would have been like, oh, okay then. Like, this quick. Okay, so yeah, like you're saying, is she ready to win? Well, hell's yeah, frankly, I think she's flipping <laughs> it. So, uh, 
good you know yeah can't wait can't wait for it to happen that's that's basically it and um you know like we're obviously going to move on and talk a wee bit about the Solheim Cup now and is that is that win do you think what what she needs to seal the deal for the Solheim Cup because yeah I, I think you're right I think I, th- I think that looking at the team now as it is um and it's slightly different with the the the, the, the Solheim not the yeah the Solheim Cup this year yeah. because because of the fact that, let's be honest, the Ladies European Tour hasn't started yet, and it won't start for another while. Um, so they've set it up that allowed Katrina Matthews to have six picks. Uh, the team is currently is, is uh, Emily Patterson and Nana Madsen, they're both Danish. Um, they're one, two on the LET points list. And then you have Sophia Popoff, Carlotta Saganda, Mel Reid and Charlie Hull. So that comes next of the world points list. So yeah. we're... You know, although it's clear that Leon is now part of the discussion, there mm-hmm. are probably a lot of people really ahead of them. I've just listed a few of them here. You know, you're talking about Bronte Law, Georgia Hall, Anne Van Dam, Anna Nordquist, you know, Athamonius, all those ones. They're they're just, you know, there's five there that are just sort of ahead of Leon already in the words points list. And, you know, Katrina Matthews is going to be looking at that and she's thinking to herself, well, do, do I need the experience or... Is it form? Now, it's still a fair way away. Yes, we know that. It's still a fair way away. But I agree. I think you know, she's in discussion. But to get a selection, she's going to have to win somewhere. I think it's because I, I think she probably will have to. But at the same time, because there's six picks, you kind of wonder, you know, if the form is still, you know, Particularly because because it's in the states as well as here, you know, you're, you're training Matthew Binney's going to want people who are used to teeing it up on American courses, who are used to facing off essentially also against, you know, the sort of players that they're going to put forward. You know, you, you need that mentality that it's not all a big excitement. And even if, as a rookie, if she can eliminate some of those things, it will be new and strange and, you know, a bit exciting. I I think that that she maybe would do and you know she's obviously she's not going to be able to um to call up on any um swedish uh, ex stalwarts this time around so it'll be easy to see who uh with no person who she does choose and and how it all pans out but you know with the six picks i i think the form is going to be that's the whole point isn't it of the six picks the point. so yeah, yeah. Even without a win i think she yeah, she might do, but like we say, it's it's a long way off, but it doesn't mean we don't have, have to get excited about yeah. it now. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I think it'll, it, yeah, let, let, we'll keep an eye on the Solheim Cup, we'll keep referring it, simply because um, Stephanie, uh, Leon is so, so much in the, in the discussion now over mm-hmm. the next while, but um, it will chop and change a bit, like everything, and um, when the LET picks up over the next month, it's likely to chop and change again. Anyway, closer to home, Damien Mooney is getting his teeth into a new role as head professional at Lockern Resort. And I caught up with him for a yarn to talk about his career and his plans for the academy. Good afternoon, Damien. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Well, good afternoon, Paul. It's great to be invited along. Thank you very much. So listen, Lockern, lovely facility, great reputation. Um, how are you settling in and uh, how have the locals taken to you? It's a great location uh, all closely linked a few of the clubs don't have a pro so i'm here as a pro and hopefully i will get a bit of business from the surrounding clubs um the, the people in Fermanagh are brilliant they're open friendly 
approachable and uh, I've settled in really nicely. Thanks. So it's, it's good. It's mm-hmm. good. Now the facility at, at Lockern for those people who've been down there, lovely driving range, um, lovely short game area in particular is very, very neat and tidy. A couple of lovely bunkers out and get yourself into them, do a bit of work on. Is that the sort of thing that you're, you're focusing on, David? Are you focusing on the teaching and the development side of things? Yeah, but my role is to run the academy and, and offer a, a, a service for lessons and attract more people into the resort to enjoy just what the resort has to offer. So as you say, it's a, it's a, it's an 8-bay driving range covered over uh, with some outdoor tees. It does have a great uh, short game area where there would be two greenside bunkers. The green is about 45, 50 yards long. Uh, so there, there's a, the option there to play different length pitch shots and there is an area it's a nice teeing area to chip from onto it so yeah it, it is really good the, f- the facility is second to none really and they're, they're continuing to maintain it and sort of progress it maybe mm-hmm. under my advisement hopefully they're going to make a few changes just for betterment you know yeah now over the last sort of 18 months 18 months during the coronavirus which has obviously been very difficult for so many people. There has been a lot of talk around a boom in golf and a lot of interest back in playing golf and, and teaching golf. You're on the front line. You're one of the pros out there trying trying to engage with people. How, how have you found that? Are, are you noticing more interest in the game and are you noticing more people willing to come and, and give us give a lesson or two from, from the pros? Oh, yeah. Well, I think that the... The coronavirus, I suppose, the COVID nineteen problem, it has brought the soccer players, the rugby players, the hockey players. They they all lost their seasons, which are winter seasons. So with the lockdown being more winter based, I mean, we're going to open up a bit now. I see the rugby players allowed to go back into small groups at the minute, but a lot of those lads and ladies have come along to golf drive public facilities. Like this the driving range has done well on the back of that. Golf clubs in Northern Ireland, all of Ireland, have done well done well on the back of that part of me, that uh, I suppose that they're, they're looking for that outlet that's what's considered to be a safe outlet outdoors and it's a sport that everybody can take too your, your physical abilities can be of all sort of limitation but you still play, be able to play golf so it's it's a, it's a very attractive sport for people and yeah the people using the driving they seem to have a good education whereby they are seeking out professional help they 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 requests for golf lessons are steady enough and it's nice to see that the, I suppose people coming new to a sport are consulting the people who you know, professionals and getting guidance from them yeah so it's very good. Now as I said Damon you've been a PGA pro for, for a long time um, is there a Damien Mooney method in terms of your coaching? Uh, I, I, well yeah I, I encourage people to move more instead of move less I encourage a bit of weight transfer, a bit of like throwing actions, kicking actions. I try and get people the understanding through feeling, through pictures, and the the idea that you know, even the sound of the ball being different. I try and get, I try and encourage more movement than less. Pe- people tend to take the golf, and in an attempt to hit a good shot, and when they get it wrong, are given that comforting advice by a friend, like keep your head down, don't move. Ah, you moved. Ah, your head came up. Ah, bent. You bent your arm. Whereas I would be saying, yes, well, I want you to move. It's just how I want you to move. I want you to move back into your right leg. I want you to move forward into your left leg. I want you to turn as if you're throwing a discus. I want you to load up like you're using a baseball bat to hit a ball away. 
and I encourage people to move more because what what comes along to me are people who are getting less and less well I suppose motion in their golf swing they're becoming stuck on their legs and their arms are flailing then so there's no connection so I know I, I encourage movement I encourage um, I suppose the angle the height of the body that the club should work up around your shoulder high down to your feet and back over your other shoulder so I suppose my method is get you moving get you transferring your weight and get you swinging the club like you're trying to throw it rather than hit a ball with it so I, I try and take the word hit out of teaching and try and get the word send into it so send the ball at the target it's a target-based game, so try not to stir down at the ball thinking, hit it. I tend to think, take a glance to your target, assess where the target is, and how would you like to get the ball to travel there? So are you going to top spin it a wee bit right to left? Are you going to cut across it a wee bit left to right? They all play, but it's just get, getting people a bit more fun out of it. Like, you know, the mishits have to go. You'll be able to strike a ball easily. Mm. So, yeah, my method is we'll just move more, and then I'll stabilise you when you get a wee bit more precise and you get a bit better get a bit better you know and have you embraced uh, modern technology have you embraced your 3d biomechanics and your track man and all that sort of oh, thing I, I i have track man here in the facility i have a video analysis machine Um, i connect the camera to the track man but yeah we have uh, certainly the facility here offers everything that a golfer would need whether you're a beginner or, or professional golfer elite standard if you want uh, Trackman is something that runs in the background of every lesson. So if somebody wants to know something, I can put up their figures. I can throw up dispersion. I can throw up the video. I can draw the lines. I can do the whole Sky Sports thing. <laughs> Logern provides for every golfer of every standard. So yes, it's all there. And I've embraced it. I've embraced it. I always did video teach. I always did okay. see the value okay. in visual learning. Mm-hmm. So I always do think, and it's still what I'm saying now, that the numbers thing with TrackMan and the connection with camera, people would rather see what they're doing than read a number. Okay. But if you can correlate the two, if you can connect the two, it is a big, it's a big help. Um, David, what about your own uh, golfing ambitions at this stage? You, you know, you've, as I said, you've played all around the world. You've competed Euro Pro Tour. You've played at Irish Opens. You've obviously been a staple of the, the PGA regional circuit for many years and um, playing in pro-arms across Ireland built up a lot of friendships and relationships that way have you still got that intensity and, and interest in playing well I'm, I'm still competitive I'm still like I'd still like to think I'm the best golfer in the area type of thing I'd like to be the mm-hmm. I believe a professional at the club should be the best player at the club mm-hmm. or at least have that in his background somewhere um, I I suppose in the nineties I had categories for tour, but I never had the I never had the money. Yeah. So anytime I did get a category, I couldn't afford to go anywhere. I, again, any at that stage in the nineties or late eighties, um, you got you left home, you get married quite young, so you had a house and a mortgage, and you had a car payment maybe. And I was all re, always realistic that I wouldn't really get into debt for going to play a game of golf somewhere. Mm-hmm. Opportunities were there, and I, I sometimes couldn't take them just because. It's like three grand a week to leave home at that stage. And then there was no budget flights. And then there was no, everything was said. So during the 90s, when I had categories in 91 and three and five and eight, I think I, I had rights to play. Um, I couldn't really take up on it. So I played Wentworth a couple of times. I really loved the experiences there. Like Wentworth is a, it's an unbelievable place to drive into. I'm sure you've been. So it's a beautiful setting for a tournament. It's a great golf course. And I played the old golf course. Mm-hmm. The, the match plays were played on 
Mm-hmm. And then I got I'd privileged enough there in 2013 and 15, maybe. I qualified again and played at Wentworth. Um, I captained the Ireland team, the first Ireland team to win the European Championships out in Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Giles and Damien McGrain. Damien, obviously, a European Tour winner now. Yes. We were the three-man team. I was playing captain. And in that, the lads played a little of golf and I did the managing. It was pretty good. It was a good week for me. No pressure. It was good. Um, but no, yet, yes, I, I'm still competitive. I'm still practicing. I still hit balls regularly, hit balls during a lesson as demonstration. But I do make the early morning start sometimes for a bit of practice, play a couple of holes just casually, a couple of, you know, a couple of short irons in a bag and go out and play the whole nine iron from the tee, nine iron to the green tee. Just a bit of exercise as much as anything. But um the seniors tour thing was an attraction to me and I missed out by a very narrow margin two years ago, the last time the school was held and I would have gone back again, but they haven't held the school since. So yeah. I'd still ha- like to have a look at it. It's called the legends tour now, but I- right. I'd like to have a look at it. There's one in Ireland at Russell Penna this year mm-hmm. and the resort here are interested in something. They're looking at their profile and wondering what they could do. And that might be something that the resort would like to look at it. Again, it's been muted in conversation, so we'll see how that all transpires. But um, I suppose my greatest success was Euro Pro Tour when I finished yes. second in the Order of Merit over the year 2006, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then I went on Challenge Tour the following year where I played a couple of events where I travelled to South America. And, yeah, golf has definitely given me a great life and something to look back on and something to be grateful for type of thing. Yeah. You know, it's, I never take it for granted and you never know the day your golf game leaves you, but... I've been fortunate enough. I've kept working at it. And I have a great advice. Big Paul Leonard who used to be my boss. Jeff Blakely, who was my first boss. All the lads have trained. Ever. And the lads, as you say, traveling around Ireland, you get friendly with people. It's a great life. There's no doubt. But it's not It's not a glorified one. It's no. not easy. No, it's no, not easy. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily pay. Pay a lot of money. You have to love it. Isn't that right? It's, it's out, outgoings are a big thing. But yes, it's definitely for the love of it. It's definitely for the, and the competitive. Winning trophies more than, especially domestically, running up bank accounts. Running down bank accounts was much easier. <laughs> but we're all, we're all here. It's all right. And in terms of um, developing golf in the Fermanagh area, as you said, there's a lot of possibly untapped talent in that area. Is this, you know, going going ahead with the academy and getting some youngsters into the game is is that the ambition is that the plan going forward there's there's let's say that there can't be planning with this group thing and this limitations on getting people together and as a resort we have a standard we don't want to be i'm not seen i don't mean seen to encourage groups but we'll be sticking to the rules and and doing things whatever way we can but yes the idea would be to breed a little bit of through the youth system somehow um as i say the facility is fantastic the the fees for a juvenile member here are very very reasonable and you know i remember as a child going down to the golf club first thing in the morning coming away at night it's a very safe area there's a lot of things here to entertain a young lad or lady hanging about the place Good putting green, good short game, Mary said, good driving range. And the two golf courses are lovely. And Calcium as a layout is fantastic. And it's coming into its own now with a bit of foliage coming on the trees. And the layout's lovely. And the fallow, obviously, is just a different test of golf. It's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's uh, I suppose, the teeing area, the, the options and teeing grounds there help people get rounded. But 
it's a big golf course. It's a good golf course. Yeah, it's a nice golf course played off the forward tees. That's my advice whenever anybody rocks up. Oh yeah, oh, for, for, forward tees. Don't be embarrassed. Walk on forward <laughs> to the next tee. That's it. But it's the it's the most reasonably, um, I suppose, priced golf club mm. in Northern Ireland. Say for the for the quality of the venue, the price you pay for a green fee is so reasonable. So reasonable. And they, again, keen to do deals, talk to societies and people. We have a big influx of societies normally in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So we're just waiting for that okay to go ahead with that stuff as well. So Brilliant. It's all happening. Damien, listen, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking time away from your, your teaching and your coaching. Um, and hopefully we'll, we'll get down to Locker and to see you soon. So we've spent a bit of time this episode already looking at the Solheim Cup for Captain Katrina Matthew. Um, and now we'll have a wee think about uh, Podrick Harrington because he's going to have three picks available to him. Um, and the race really starts to heat up now for the Ryder Cup with double points on offer between now and September. And to be perfectly honest right now, I wouldn't be wanting to make that call. Who do you fancy at the minute, PK? Yep, well, now then, if you were going on form, I would have to say that if you were going on form over the last couple of weeks, you would go McIntyre's earned his place. Definitely. Yep. And he looks Definitely. he looks ready for it. He, he looks like a wee gutsy wee type of fella <laughs> would love and thrive in that environment. Good team yes. player, played his shit, he understands all that. Um Shane, I think's probably doing enough right now. Right now, if at this minute it was a pick right now, Shane would definitely be in the hunt. And then I might go with Garcia for a bit of experience. However, however. You still have the likes of uh, Weisberger or Wiesberger. How do you say that? I think it's Wies. Wiesberger. Uh, yeah. Danny Willett, Matt Wallace, they're all still in the hunt as well. And you have, you know, what about Keimer. Martin Keimer playing well at the minute as well? And they're just, that's just at the minute. I think yeah. the big thing to, to remember when we're talking about the, the, the Ryder Cup is, you know, the there's double points on offer now between now and September. So, you know, you could see quite a lot of chopping and changing. A couple of wins in Europe and somebody's going to go shooting right up there. It's still quite a good team. You know, the team, it's changed slightly. Like, Justin Rose wouldn't be on at the minute. Yeah. Which is, you know, you're thinking to yourself, Justin Rose, no Henrik Stenson either. Like, so you're thinking, oh, a bit dodgy in terms of the team and, and what it's going to look like. But they still have the likes of Rory, they still have Tommy Fleetwood, they still have mm-hmm. your mate John, John Ram, Terrell Hatton, you know, Lee Westwood, Matt Fitzpatrick, yep. Paul Casey, and then Victor Hovland. So it still looks a very strong team, but I do think as a captain, you would want more experience. I don't know what you think. Who would you go for there? Well, there is, I mean, to be fair, like you're saying, but I, I think Rose would probably be a pick at the minute. Partly, you know, he he wasn't showing much, obviously coming coming into the Masters. But if he if he keeps that up, then I I think yeah he he would be up there. What's what's interesting, I think, is the the Poulter situation because is that you know there's going to come a time where it isn't him, isn't there? There's going to come the time, and the question is, do we want it to be that that happens the year that he shouldn't be chosen? Or does it happen the year after he shouldn't, you know, two years after he shouldn't have been chosen and everything he's built up? But, I mean, please no, but crumbles away, you know, at a Ryder Cup because he doesn't deliver the way that he did yeah. previously. And 
I don't know that that he just it makes me nervous but then when you see him you know he obviously didn't win it and he didn't get beyond a certain stage but you see him see the fire in his belly at the Dell match play and you think flip me yeah there it is again you know you can't yeah. it's Good point it's uh yeah if you're talking about wanting experience then maybe maybe this would be this would be his last well let, let me switch it around for you then and say to you you've mentioned two there so if you had a decision to make between Rose and Poulter, Ooh. who are you going for? As in like today? <laughs> As in today. Right now. I know things have changed. It's still pretty early in the season. Poulter played quite well early in the season. He did well in the match play, but at Augusta, Justin Rose showed signs of the old Justin Rose. So you're Parry Carrington. You have to make a call today. Who are you going with? I think, I think probably Poulter. Right. I think and then, and then we're going to switch it around and say, in four months' time, when mm -hmm. it's coming up to September, and they've had the similar season, no wins, mm -hmm. no wins, doing okay. Are you still sticking with Poulter over Rose? I think I am, just just because of the, because of he's he is just the Ryder Cup. No, he's not. No disrespect to him, he's not my favorite player. As, a, as which I think is the same for a lot of people, but I think I think he brings he brings something ridiculous extra that is almost like the the twelfth and a half man. You know, we say always say that the crowd is like you know the the thirteenth man or whatever, but he brings something else to that team room. Which whenever you speak to anyone who's played alongside him, that's what they talk about. They, obviously, his performances as well, particularly in Medina. But Medina, like the, it was obviously Ollie talking to them, and, and Poulter had been on fire in the course and came off, you know, fired up after, you know, on, on the Saturday evening. But it was, it's his words. It's his, it's everything. It means everything to him, and he mean he makes that he translates that to other people. They it for those three days, four days, it means everything to, to the people who are playing with him as well. And I think, I think this. I, I think maybe if we were talking 2023 or whenever the next one actually is going to be held, then probably not. But I feel like he's got one more in him. I do. So what's this? He destroys it all and it makes no point. <laughs> <laughs> Parry Carrington, something to weigh up. That's the type of question Parry Carrington's going to have to weigh up. You know, it's, I said it is early and we will keep coming back to this over the next while, but it's always worth starting starting a discussion now early on in the season. Oh, yeah, it's never too early for the rider. Never too early. <laughs> and that's us. That's really us. Thanks very much to everybody for continuing to listen to us, withering on here about golf and what's happening in the world. Uh, next time out, we're going to be announcing a winner of our Duca del Cosma giveaway. The shoes Ooh. are still sitting at my house. Um, <laughs> and we'll also be looking ahead to the next major of the year, which is US PGA Championship. People are going to be confused. They're going to say, ah, what's happening here? I come on having... <laughs> Majors in May, all I'd say to you is just remember, it's been a weird 18 months and things are still all concertina all up the place. And also we've got the Tokyo Olympics in the middle of it. So we've got US PGA in May, US Open, uh, and then we've got uh, Olympics, et cetera, et cetera, if it goes ahead. Who knows? Mm -hmm. So that's yep. where we are. Emma, thanks very much as always. Thank you. Uh, have you? Are you going to hit the driving range this week? Have you been playing golf? 
Do you know, I went, um, I went to the par three, went to the par three course, and that's the first time I've been on a course, never mind the pandemic, but for various reasons, such as having children, um, for the first time in two and a half years, uh-huh. um, took my wee boy, and he, so obviously par three course, he made a five on the first hole, and five I made pedal. a six, and right. we'll say, that's the first time he's ever been on a golf course, so we'll, we'll just leave it there. Okay. Was there tantrums? Was there toys thrown out of the pram? No, I was, I was honestly, I was so delighted for him. I was, I was bursting. I was bursting that he was happy in the golf course. I was bursting. We had something to do together. I was, I was just, and I, you know, I, and dear me, I'd love to swing like him just because he's got no thoughts. He's got no thoughts in his head of what he should be doing. He just stands there and whacks it and the follow through is ridiculous. And I'm just watching him going, oh my God, I wish I could play like you and you're six and you've not even had a lesson. So there will be the range. There will, there is work to be done. There is a lot of work to be done, but I, uh, I love it. So it doesn't matter how terrible I am. <laughs> That's brilliant. Listen, thanks very much. And uh, we'll speak to you in a few weeks time. Cheerio. Bye bye. All right, don't touch me. Sea woo, shaking that ass.